0: turkaholics and welcome back to football Turkish season 2 episode 13 covering match day 13 in the turkish super league but on top of that, of course, we have the UEFA Euro 2020 draw in which Turkey, of course, took part. And we'll also be uh, covering the matches midweek in the Champions League and in the Europa League briefly before we head over to the Turkish League matches. I'm joined this week by the man of the law, Burak Yilmaz, Özer Dinger, and. Burak <laughs> 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 You called Burak
1: Yilmaz on the brain. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry, but he doesn't understand the offside law. that's for
0: sure. Let me let me just uh rephrase there. Uh I am joined by, of course, man of the law, Burak Sezgin, Uzerdinjer, and Yakub Marufolo. And my name is of course Kam Bayazit and we'll be discussing Turkish football for the next hour and a half or so. Um Guys, welcome to the show. Burak, welcome back in Europe. You're back from the United States. Uh, Uzzar, you're still in the United States. Burak, how was your trip?
1: It was lovely. It was uh, really hot in San Francisco. Uh, unexpected for this time of year. So, obviously, I went over there with a coat and lots of jumpers and needed just a T-shirt for most of the days I was there. Um Chicago, for, and it, okay. Well, you know, I'm sure Uzad is probably in like ten layers right now in Chicago. <laughs>
2: Even in the office I am, yeah.
1: Yeah. But I've heard there's like off. there's snow in San Francisco this week, so obviously we are lucky to get the, the good weather. Um mm-hmm. managed to catch some of the, the Fenard game um last weekend mm-hmm. um in the, my hotel room. So that was obviously um not not very good, much like this week. Um but had a, had a good time just about over the the jet lag because it's behind by eight hours, so I'm sure as is going to have a, a fun time. Um, getting back to UK time when you get <laughs> back from Chicago, haven't been there for a, a year pretty much. When you decide to come back to our set back,
0: yeah. And of course, a big week for you as well, Burak. You've got your dance competition coming up on Wednesday. People can k- still go and pledge their support to that. Uh, maybe quickly plug it.
1: Uh, Absolutely so for those of you who've seen Strictly Come Dancing or Dancing with the Stars or similar versions wherever you may live Um, We're doing it for charity based on the sector I work in, which is technology. Uh, We're raising money for a company called Sports Trader. What they do is they get children from underprivileged and uh, damaged backgrounds into sport, provide them with coaching and equipment such as anything from boxing to rugby to tennis to athletics to to wheelchair-based sports such as basketball and football as well. Um, I'm dancing a tango. Which is quite apt um, for myself being quite passionate about Turkish football. Um, There are no references in the dance itself. Um, We'll put out a link on from I'm sure on the Twitter and Facebook page so you can read about the cause, read a little bit about the charity, and if you're feeling generous, you know, sling me a donation of a a couple of pounds, euros, dollars, etc. And the event is actually going to be. Indeed, any any donation for any amount is very welcome indeed. And the event is actually going to be streamed live on Facebook, so we'll make sure you have a link for you to tune in on Wednesday. It will be around about 7 p.m. Um, GMT. Um, so, But if you don't fancy watching live, then we'll pop up a clip of my specific there dance. There's
0: no Champions League this week, I believe, so there's no excuse not to watch you live, Burak.
1: There's probably lots of excuses <laughs> not to watch me dancing live, but um if you do want to, we'll make sure you get the, the details, but we'll, we'll pop it up on our social channels after the event as well so you can see how I performed.
0: Well, good luck, Burak, and let's uh, head over to the UEFA Euro 2020 draw in which Turkey were drawn in Group A, and they have a heavy hitter with them there, Italy, Uh, one of the former world champions and European champions, of course, a very tough nut for Turkey, but not just Italy, also Switzerland and Wales. So definitely not the toughest group. If you look at other groups where I believe France, Germany and Portugal got put in the same group, it's it's certainly not the toughest group. But Switzerland are an incredibly tough team to break down with a lot of quality players to play in the Bundesliga. Wales, of course, maybe not as good as they were a couple of years ago, but still have some amazing players like, of course... Uh, The most famous one, Gareth Bale, but uh, Aaron Ramsey and a couple of others. So Wales should not be underestimated either. Uh, It's going to be a tough group. Turkey could end, I think, first in this group, or they could end bottom in this group. It's one of those tough ones. Uh, Quickly, your thoughts on the groups, guys. Israel, I'm going to start with you.
2: Yeah, sure. I think I'm actually pretty pleased with this group. The first game of the whole tournament is going to be Italy-Turkey in Rome. So it's going to be a great introduction to the competition. If Turkey are able to pull off a shock, it will really set the standard for for the team going forward. It's not impossible. Um, Italy won every single match in qualifying, so they're on really good form. Um, But even if that game ends in a loss for Turkey, I I do think that the Turkish squad has enough quality, enough talent to beat Switzerland and and to beat Wales as well. So I'm confident that Turkey will get out of the group. It's more who we end up playing in the Group B if we finish second, for instance, which could be Belgium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are the kind of, even if looking ahead, even with the squad that we have, if we have an unlucky set of fixtures um, at, through the luck of the draw, then that's the only thing that I have a concern about. Otherwise, I do think we have a very talented squad.
0: Definitely. Jakob, uh, your thoughts, quickly.
3: Um, yeah, difficult difficult uh, group, but we do have a talented uh, talented squad, as Uzer uh, just told. Um yeah, you, you know, you can always trust on on the Turks to to uh, make the competition, <laughs> you know, fun and exciting. So I don't know. I'm I believe in the guys. We have a young group that is really good. I just hope that the strikers are, you know, healthy uh, mm-hmm. when we're actually playing there. Because and the, the, yeah, the most the most we're lacking is uh, is in the striker department. If that's okay, then I think we're going to have a really really nice uh, competition.
0: And Burak, finally, your expectations.
1: I think it's all set up for medic Demiral to score against Italy <laughs> in the opening game and give a Oscar Salama to stick it to all those <laughs> Italian journalists who dared to criticise him and for us to then go on and, and win the group. Um, oh. I think I'd think like to echo the guys before me to say we need like a performing striker. So whether that's Cenk who gets into the starting eleven, at Everton or goes somewhere to get first in football, a healthy Genghis in there like you said and and hopefully a fully functioning uh, defensive line with with no injuries because it's important to go into these tournaments uh, without any any injuries of course to you know key performing players and that's a bit of a worry with Genghis. i'm not sure who we play after italy whether it's switzerland or wales um to be honest i'm not look- i can't remember those fixtures but you know we have beaten switzerland previously euro 2008 as you may remember that famous in Switzerland as well. So, yeah, that was amazing. Hopefully we can repeat that in, in Baku, which will be like home games for us Turks, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And then Wales, I think once you've nullified the threat of Gareth Bale, which would can be done with a uh, Merich Demarell crunch and challenge yeah. and a knee to the face. Exactly. Just like you took out uh, Giroud. Well, maybe <laughs> we, we should sacrifice front.
0: someone else so we don't miss Meri in uh, the rest of the tournament. And, uh, maybe uh, Hakan Chalun will look and bite the bullets.
1: It could do, yeah, <laughs> maybe you know, kung kung fu kick the bail, but just I just run up
2: from Hills,
1: <laughs> take him down. But I have a funny feeling Bale might be injured going into the tournament, so um, to I some... them exactly. But I think on paper it's you know, tournament football is never easy, hmm. but I think it's a draw that Turkey can be happy with and, and confident that they should be able to qualify out of the group.
0: The advantage, of course, of term- tournament football is that. Um, there's no reward for parking the bus, and you know, like you would maybe in qualifiers where you may a team like Wales might think, Oh, you know what, a point here would be good for us, but you know, they're gonna have to play to beat Turkey, they're gonna have to play to beat Switzerland, they're gonna have you know, everyone's gonna have to play to beat each other if they want to get out of groups like this, and um, yeah. Uh, Hopefully, gonna going to get us a little bit more space for guys like Jengis, for guys like uh, if Burak is uh, assuming he will be the number one striker along with Uh, Cink, uh Yeah, hopefully uh, we can pull something off and end first, so we can avoid Belgium uh, if possible, at least for that next round. And we'll uh, see where it takes us. But knock and, on wood, of course.
1: Yeah, and tickets are available on wednesday and i think we have until the 18th of december to apply so we'll, we'll up, uh tweet out a link on how to apply for yeah. tickets i think if you want to apply for tickets to turkey's games you have to have a tej kimlik yeah. number so or a passport that, i believe or, or a passport that's how it was when i applied for my tickets to the Euro 2016 so you can apply for all three or individual games so who knows we might meet some of our listeners next summer in Rome or Baku
0: any of you uh, planning to uh, book your tickets
1: Um, I'm definitely applying for four tickets for Rome and discussing with my friends whether we want to apply for tickets in Baku um, because we thought we could fly to Istanbul and then you know get an internal flight from Istanbul to Baku um, stay there for the two games that are I think a few days apart and then come back to Istanbul and fly home. So that is a kind of travel plan we're thinking of. But definitely applying for the tickets in in Rome for the opener.
2: Okay, let's, let's move. not forget too oh, that the Champions League final is in Istanbul next May. So there's there's going to be a All
3: right.
2: the, the the world's press will be gravitating towards Turkey in one way or another next summer. Good
0: point. Let's uh, have yeah. it. Anyone else uh, planning on going, Jakub?
3: Özer? Uh, I don't know.
0: We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> okay. uh, let's move over to the European football midweek. Uh, let's start off with the Champions League. Galtrai played their last hand pretty much. Uh, they still have a minor chance of going through. If they didn't win this match, they would still have a minor chance of going through, I should say. Uh, but they had to pl- beat Club Brugge, uh if they wanted a-, a good chance to go through. And uh, it looked like they were going to do so after Adam Buch had put Galtray ahead in the eleventh minute. But in the second half of second half stoppage time, Club Brugge equalized via Diata um, to pull things level for Brugge, which puts them now on three points and Galtrai on two points, with the final match day. Um travelling to Paris to play Paris Saint-Germain. Uh so Galtar will have to win in Paris if they want to go through, uh regardless of uh what Brugge does. Um and if Brugge gets a gets a win of course against Real Madrid on the final match day, then yeah. But you know, that's uh, also uh not that easy of course. Um quick thoughts on on this match, Ozir.
2: Ah, Virginia Bomb. I just don't know what to say anymore. Uh this This whole season has been so emotionally draining and and just downright disappointing, especially in Europe. Um, We had such high hopes of at least making a dent uh, in PSG and Real Madrid at home. That didn't happen. So we downgraded our expectations to third place. We had a decent result in the first match against Brugger, and then everything down to this point. And it started so well. That's the thing. It started so well. We finally... Scored, um, finally were able to shake off their bad luck of not being able to score. Adam Bukes, beautiful, s- sublime pivot on the spot, like a like a ballerina in the penalty box. Just shot it home and the whole stadium erupted. And it was the 11th minute, I think you said it was the 11th minute goal. So it was the early start and the early promise that we needed to really keep going. But we just couldn't find the second goal. And there were very, actually few chances really that we created to find that second goal. And it's the inability to kill the game off, which has been our problem for in, in the league as well this season, but particularly in this game. We just couldn't kill the game off. Then um, over to Terim to continue with his nonsensical substitutions, uh, brought on and Inan for some reason. And then the whole uh, central midfield of Jim Bomb just completely collapsed. They had already been weakening in the second half, but then totally collapsed. We had the ineffective handbrake Selchuk who um didn't really add anything to the midfield, so it felt like we were um kind of caving back in terim couldn't spot that this was this was going to happen, and then Bruges really upped the ante. It looked more and more likely that they were going to score. Muslera made some heroic saves, mm-hmm. but in the ninety second minute, the unthinkable happened, and it's very difficult to to find anything positive to say about. Uh, yeah, our and a minor deflection
0: too. I think yeah, that it took to um, beat it's, Muslera. It's
2: exactly, exactly. All the great defensive work that the team had done, it was just all undone by kind of a collective series of small errors that led to that goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's heartbreaking, really, because I do feel as though if we'd been able to finish third, win that game, it would have given us a small boost to take back to the league. It would have given us uh, a reasonable chance of um, having something to look forward to in terms of European football next season, it would have boosted us in the transfer market in January. And although technically it's not impossible that we can finish third, I think it would take something extraordinary beyond footballing rationale to go to Paris and beat PSG, even if it's their C team. So unfortunately, I um, don't really have any positive things to say about Jim Mon's uh, performance that day or, that se- or this season, in front. Galatasaray
0: still have a minor chance of going through to the Europa League, of course. Uh, A team that does not have any more chances to continue past January in Europe are Bishiktash. But they were still winless in their group and they wanted to rectify that. Although it looked for quite some time like that wasn't going to happen. As Slovan Bratislava took the lead at Vodafone Park in the 35th minute through Daniel Uh, A bit of a defensive mix-up at the back for Besiktas. A little bit of miscommunication, I felt, uh, between Rocco and uh, Erebocho, uh, perhaps. Uh, Although Besiktas had been dominating, but couldn't find the goal. Until the 75th minute, Enzo Rocco managed to equalize on uh, George Kevin Nkudu in assist, who had come on as a sub. And then in the second half, Uh, Second minute of stoppage time, Adam Lajic converted a penalty to get Besiktas their first win of the European season. 2-1 2-1 at home to beat Slovan Bratislava. A deserved win if you look at especially the final 15 or so minutes where Besiktas just bombarded Bratislava's penalty area and had a, a quite a few really good opportunities to score. And uh, yeah, they get off the mark here in the group. They now have three points. One point less than Slovan Bratislava who are on four points. And of course Wolverhampton and Braga are already true to the next round to the round of 32 in the Europa League. Uh, maybe that means on the final match Wolframpton will field a B or C team and Besiktas can hopefully get a couple of more coefficient points for Turkey Uh, but um, it wasn't much more than a match for the honour here really for Besiktas moving on to another team that is also eliminated from Europe Trabzonspor lose at home to Getafe 1-0 Mata scoring the only goal of the match in the 50th minute Uh, any thoughts on this Jakub?
3: To be honest, not really. Um, I ev- I don't even remember the game. To be honest, it, it started at like five o'clock, and I I watched like the last um, last like fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah. I actually remember more of the Besiktas game than I do of the uh, Troubles for game because yeah, he he it. Uh, you know, Karama yeah. fielded a lot of young players. You know, just uh, to to be um, to be injury free for the big game against mm-hmm. Galatasaray in the weekend. So I didn't have a lot of uh, a lot of hope anyway, and um, yeah, I'm I'm you know there's not there's nothing good to say to be honest.
0: Yeah. I was very critical of Basak Shiro the past last couple of years for fielding their B or C team in the Europa League um, but I can't really criticize Trabzonspor for doing this really um, you know they were already eliminated uh, they have been for a while really because ever since that late equalizer against Basel it was pretty much over for them um, and, and you know they don't have the the biggest squad of players, so they ha- had have to pick their battles. They focus on the league. Uh, makes sense for, for me, for them to uh, do so against the Getafe here. Uh, unfortunately for the coefficient points, but... Uh, sport have to think of themselves first, of course, here. Then the other team that are not yet eliminated and still have a chance to go through was Beshakshi here, but they lost at home in front of a near full stadium, believe it or not, but they lost 3-0 to AS Roma. Goals here coming in the 30th minute to Veretur, the 40th minute to Justin Cleverts son off and uh, Edin Zeko. Just before halftime in the 45th minute, making a 3 0. I thought Bashakshir started well um, and, and were a little hard done. I think by the first goal, kind of looked that uh, uh, was a penalty, I believe, and, and that looked very harsh. Um, but all in all, Bashakshir lose with a pretty big margin here. They remain on seven points. I believe they still have a slim chance if they beat München Gladbach on the final match day, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, that's. That's that's correct. Uh, that's not an impossible task, by the way. I mean, Munchen Gladbach were able to beat Roma on match matchday four thanks to a 96 minute winner mm-hmm. and also an own goal. So, that, I mean, it's it's possible. It's mm-hmm. possible. It's more likely than um, than uh, I would, than most people would give give them credit for. I think. Yeah, so yeah let's definitely. hold hope.
0: But Munchen Gladbach, not to be underestimated. Of course, they are at near the top of the Bundesliga. You know, or even at the top, I believe. Um, you know, so they are a really good side. Of course, they had a slip up against Wolfsburger, but definitely not a team to be underestimated. But uh, let's move over to the Super League and close, almost close this chapter on an abysmal European campaign for all Turkish teams, pretty much, except for maybe Beshakjir. But uh, let's move over to the Super League. On Friday, we had a goal duello, goal duello, like they like to say in Turkey, between Gençlerbirliği and Malatyaspor. Spor. Uh, this match ended 3-3. Uh, Goals here coming through Thievi Bifuma in the 44th minute to put Sport 1-0 up. But Giovanni Sioux made it 1-1 in the 52nd minute from the edge of the area. Bogdan Stanku then put Genshterberli 2-1 up from the penalty spot in the 76th minute. But a brace from Robin Jalicin from outside the box. Two very similar goals in the 85th and 88th minute uh, put Sport ahead and equalized and put them ahead 2-2-2-3, but then in the first minute of stoppage time young Rametula Berishbek of Genshterwili equalized and made it 3-3 did anything occur in this match that really sparked your interest, Burak? maybe the penalty, what did you think of that? any other controversial decisions that you think uh, should draw our attention uh, or anything else left to highlight?
1: um and not, you know, um, not really. I mean, you've got two, like you said, two carbon copy Robin Yelchin goals. He tried that just before as well. So you, you kind of think, well, maybe the uh, against defence should have picked up on the fact that they're playing the ball out to Robin Yelchin at the edge of the box so he can try and just drill it down into the ground. But two very well taken goals that you couldn't really do much about because they were hit with power and kind of directed towards the corners. I mean, you know, the penalty that, that Gençlar got, it's, it's one of those again, you know, in with this new law in that kind of gray area. I mean, the guy, the, the guy takes the shot and the um, The sport player turns his back there, their number eight, whose name I can't remember at the moment. He turns his back, but you know, as he's turning his back, his arm is kind of just above the hip height. It's not really in a, you know, well, we say natural position, but we could argue natural position, you know, for a, a while. I mean, if you're jumping up and turning around, you could argue that that's a, a natural position for him to be turning around because he's got his elbow up and it hits his hand. Uh, the, uh, the position is played on and it's brought back for, for a VAR check and given a penalty. Now, if we're looking at the the EFAB rulebook and we're looking at the law, because I'm a man of the law, um, the new rule states that, yep, that's a penalty. And I, I believe the number eight is then cautioned for it as well. But then a little bit later on in the game, you have almost a similar situation for, um, for Malacha, where they have uh, a penalty given as well. But also... I'm just watching it right now, actually, just so I'm absolutely sure. Now, the goal, well, we will talk about this a little bit later, but the goalkeepers, both of the goalkeepers' feet, they seem to be, at least one of them seems to be on the line when the penalty is taken. So let's just, you know, get that out of the way first. But the position I want to talk about is the similar one that Malacca felt that they should have had a penalty for. So this goal goes in, I think it makes this kind of like 2 2. And then you have a potential penalty shout for Malaga Sport, but it's it's not as blatant as the one that the Genshda were given, but it still kind of gra- grazes the um, Genshda player's hand. So I'm thinking, well, where do you where do you draw a line? What is a, mm-hmm. a natural position? What isn't a natural position? I think it. Um, just I'm I'm looking at it now, but even if when you're looking at it in slow motion it's you've got the ball comes in to the left side of the penalty box to the, the Malacha player. He takes it on it on his left foot and he's kind of trying to just, you know, pass it towards the middle of the penalty box. And you've got this Genschadbehler player just running in so he's not like jumped and turned his back to the ball so he's kind of almost like stationary in one position. He's running towards the ball, and as the Monarcha player plays the ball, it grazes his elbow, and yeah, it takes a little bit of a de- deflection. The ball's trajectory changes. Now, I don't think you can call that as a penalty because of the fact that the player is moving one direction and the ball just grazes his arm. But for a penalty that was awarded to Genshlad. Mm-hmm. It was a shot on target, and you could argue that the hand took the ball a little bit away, but even though the goalkeeper saved it all, of the shot was off target. It's it's more blatant and in keeping with the rules. So I don't think there can be any argument with the fact that Malacca didn't receive a penalty for that, but Genschlau did receive a penalty. And then apart from that, it was just a you know match full of goals really there's uh, I don't think there's anything else really controversial for us to talk about. Both teams attacked each other um you can argue that maybe Malacha were a little bit unlucky not to come away with the win mm-hmm. just because they played i think they played more attractive football than they had you know more shots on target but Genler kept plucking away as you you need to do, and in the end, they battled through and I forgot the name of the player who scored the the winning goal, he had an amazing name, there we go, Rahmetullah, Rahmetullah, the equaliser, and he just like muscled through two or three Malachi defenders, you know, he seemed to want it a little bit more, Mm -hmm. and I think he'd only come on a couple of minutes ago as well, so he seems really up for it, Twenty-year-old. and yeah, he just, you know, 20 years old, they're like, go on, son, make a name for yourself, do something. He just got the ball, ran past a number of defenders, and you know, a really good finish, to be fair. And, you know, looking at the... You know, I think Malacca could feel that they're a little bit hard done by not to ride out and get the three the three points, but I don't begrudge against Darren for coming away with the point just because they had the the ambition and the courage to attack up until the last minute um, and keep playing the ball forward. So, um an entertaining opener to the uh, game, game Week 13, shall we say.
0: As the Malatia Sport matches tend to be, so for those betting men yep. and women among you, I think two Indeed. and a half plus is a pretty safe bet when you're looking at Malatya Sport matches. Um, yep. But let's move oh. over to... Oh, go ahead, Burak.
1: Uh, last thing, another good performance by like Gercantura and an assist. So the rehabilitation seems to be continuing, but let's keep an eye on that ginger man.
0: I thought he was a little uh, flaky against uh, Fenerbahce, honestly. Did you like him against Venner?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's
0: been he's had a couple of really good performances this yeah. season, but he's also had a lot of lackluster ones. So yeah. we'll have to wait and see. But of course, you yeah. know, with the 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 ability that he has, he's a fantastic player if he plays to his potential. But let's move over to Saturday now with the league leaders Sivaspor hosting Kasim Pasha. A simple 2 0 victory, really, you would say, for Sivaspor uh, after an 11 minute goal through Hakan Aslan and a 17 minute goal through Mustafa Yatabare. But, Uzer, was it really that simple for uh, Sivas to secure the three points? No,
2: I don't think it was. And the, the 2 0 is somewhat flattering because. Um they did give away quite a few chances. They did give away quite a few chances. But when you're in such good form as they are, that's five games in a row with a win for them now. Things just start to go way away. Um, and if you look, if you roll back to the start of the season, then they when they kicked off against Dash and won three nil, then they went on to beat on two one. They beat Basak-Shir. Oh, sorry, they drew with Başakşehir. They drew with Alanya. So they've got good results with the uh, team, with the big teams and the teams who are on form. So, and we talked about it last week as well. They've got a, a decent core of players, a particularly good core of Turkish players. And they just, they deserve to be at the top of the league. Um, this second but will goal, it last? I just, it was, will it last? Well, that's the thing, that's the thing. And I'm wondering, I, I was thinking about this when looking at the highlights. Is Sivasspor going to be the new Malatya As in, are they going to be just having a good strong start to the season and then finally fall but fall not enough to fall out of the European zone and manage to skim around fourth or fifth I think possibly possibly they could sneak a European spot uh, next season the second goal was beautiful as well it was um, Emre Kulinc I think who gave that killer crossfield pass, past uh, and then it was uh, Goriyama was it uh, who was the uh, guy who gave the assist to Yatabari but anyway it was a brilliant awesome team goal and um, one of the other memories I had from this game was just the fact that quaresma for custom Pasha, just looked very frustrated, mm-hmm. kicking the ball out to the stands occasionally, looking really angry and moody. He had a little small um, elbow. He did, That's... yeah, he was fouled. He, was, he wasn't He was treated very well by the sibas players, uh, and I think that kind of uh, didn't work well with him. Either. He's not having the best time at custom Pasha, and nobody really is at custom Pasha, given that they've only won a few games this season, but... Yeah, I, I think some of us were troubled, but deserved to win overall. I
0: think his cousin Pasha's having one of those, you know calm season's really calm, not too much yeah, yeah yeah nothing um, really to
2: write home about
0: no but not bad either i would say i think i've seen some attacking football wise i think they play some decent games but
2: uh, yeah we'll, we'll
0: we'll have to see next week they play their match of the season of course against besiktas at home and they always give it 101% in that ma- in that fixture so <laughs> yeah. we'll see uh, what 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 are the odds like for quaresma to score and Katsan Pasha to win I, I would love to see that um, but yeah, next week, interesting match there. Um, let's move over to the next match, Rizespor, Konyaspor. This match ended 3-1 for Rizespor. Goals here coming through Oljan Chalayan in the third minute. Umar Ramino in the 10th minute. Then immediately a response from Konyaspor in the 11th minute to make it 2-1 through Denny Milosevic. And then Jan Sase made it 3-1 in the 74th minute. Uh... Easy win for Sport Jakub and um, they continue their up and down season. Really,
3: yeah. As we as we've talked about in the last couple of uh, couple of shows, um, they're really surprising me at the moment. You know, they they have been keeping it up. Um, normally, like uh, if I look at the last games they they played, they um, they won this game, they lost the last one, and. One one you know they they're they're doing pretty good, oh no, 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 I'm looking at yo, no, I'm looking at the right right games, um so they're they're pretty surprising at uh, for me, you know, because every time <clears throat> every year as uh sport fans, we kinda have like a, a rivalry with them, it's more like they have- r- rivalry with us, and it's the same jokes are being made every year,
0: that's like Busa with- sport and Besiktas.
3: Yeah, with, uh, you know, the same jokes are made there with They're uh, just dropping down, coming up, dropping down, coming up. Um, it doesn't look like they will uh, drop down this year. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the league is pretty tight um, between, like, um, if, if you win one game, you sometimes move up, like, four positions. If you lose one game, you, you sometimes move down four positions. So, who knows? Um, as for the game itself... Um, Riza Sport is playing pretty, pretty nice, uh, in my opinion. They're playing pretty nice to look uh, football. Um, the first goal was uh, was a little bit uh, was a little bit uh, lucky for them, but uh, you know, all in all, uh, in football you, you you do need to have some some luck. Um, I didn't think that uh, that Koya was bad, but um, yeah, even though Riza wasn't really clinical in front of goal. I think they were more lucky, if, if that's like a, a nice thing to say. Because um, if, if you just look at the game, if you even look at the highlights, it looks like um, Rizek could have easily scored like five or six, you know, if their, their strikers were a little bit more smart or, or, you know, just a little bit positioning when when kicking the ball. So it, it's weird to see, even though even though the score is pretty big, you know, th- three goals for them and one goal for for it could have ended like, a lot, a, a, a lot different, you know, with, with a lot of more goals. Um, as for um, you know, Koyas for it's always nice to see. I could lose, you know. <laughs> because, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, you know, um, like for two reasons. Because one one of the reasons is you know I don't really like the way he he lets his uh, teams play football, and the other more obvious reason is you know because he's a faner guy and you know the self explanatory. Mm-hmm. But
0: 1996 baby. <laughs> yeah. But but it's weird what? to see a team like Aikut Concepcion concede that many goals and um lose uh and I just noticed that uh, Burak has his webcam. on. <laughs> 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 I only just noticed that so I see him like waving his arms. Um yeah, I was- don't
3: think he's waving his arms, he's doing something different, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no you turned it off now <laughs> but uh, yeah no I, I was a little surprised you know Konyaspor are not the most attractive team to watch but they're usually a stubborn team and definitely a team that'll uh, put their heads in front of it and then for them to go 2-0 t- down after just 10 minutes um, yeah it was a little surprising for me but really I mean if you give the match away in just the first 10 minutes and you just know that even if you pull one back straight away it's it's probably not going to uh, go your way that's you know, like one of those unwritten rules in football.
3: I mean it was it was a do or die. game. It, it's it's probably too early to say it's a do or die game, but you know, they're both um trying to get out of the relegation zone. Um is like fourteenth at the moment with, this, with with the end of this score. Um and uh, the is eleventh. But as I said, the the league is so tight, you know, mm-hmm. when you look at the when you look at the point differences. Um they were both like Koya was on 13, 13 points, I think, and um, and um, Riza was on fourteen. You know, so it, it really is like a really do or die game, you know, because just a slip, just a slip can mm-hmm. put you put you right into relegation zone. Because even having like twelve points is is you being in the relegation zone. So yep. I think the the bottom half of the, the bottom half of the league table is going to have some intense matches, especially in the second half of the league, and. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, as I said, I did. I don't think that Konya played a bad game, but um, yeah, I, I, let's let's say it. May, it might be because of uh, Riza playing at home that they were a little bit more in advantage, you know, because they had a lot of positions, but they were just, you know, when when they had to score, they scored, and it it it, it was a nice game for the neutral. Let me say it like that.
0: Yeah. Let's move over to the next match, Alanya Sport, a team that surprised many for the opening, say, 10 weeks or 10 matches of the season. Um, Won again for the first time in a while, I feel like it's been a while. Uh, And they were up against Angreguju. They trashed Angreguju 5-0. Um, I don't really think there's that much to say here. Anastasios Bacasetas with a, with a brace in the 16th and in the 85th minute. Uh, so he scored the 1-0 and the 3-0. Uh, sandwi- his goal sandwiching Jalma Kalpos' first goal in the 24th minute to make it 2-0. And then Jalma completed his hat-trick by scoring two more goals in added time in the 3rd minute and the 5th minute of stoppage time. 5-0 win for Sport Uzer. Anything to add, really, or Alanya yeah. Beck?
2: Alanya, yeah, they, they, well, they're back to winning ways, winning emphatic style. Uh, There's not much, too, too much to say about the fixture, apart from uh, Alanya having a lot of fun. And it's fun to watch them as a result. They make they make scoring goals look easy. Um, and I guess against Ankara Gajur, uh they didn't really struggle too much. Um, they've conceded, I think, 10 goals in the last three games, only scoring one. They lost the last four. Um, I think they're also out of the Turkish Cup. against losing to some some third or fourth league minnows. So things aren't going well for Ankhograj, and I and I worry for them. They're in the relegation zone. But from Alanya's perspective, everything is is looking good and the sun is shining.
0: Yeah, for sure. Next week they, of course, travel to the Turk Telecom Arena to take on Galtz, right. They will be doing so without Papi Cisse. he was on the bench for this match, took a yellow card, misses the next match. Um but uh, Umu told me that it uh, might have been on purpose. He's, he was probably injured or something anyway. And he probably took that yellow on purpose just to get uh, those uh, that card suspension off of his record. So no Papi season next week. But he probably wouldn't have been there anyway due to injury. So Alanya Spor will uh, have to continue. Maybe they can put Jalma uh, up top because uh, he scored a hat-trick here. Um, so next week, big game for uh, both Galsra and, Al- and Spor, of course. Let's move over then to probably the most... Um, talked about match of the weekend, Gustepe-Fenerbahce, this match ending 2-2, goals here coming from Andre Castro in the 7th minute to make it 1-0 for Gustepe, then Serdar Aziz equalized in the 44th minute to pull things level for Fenerbahce just before half time, Alpassan Ustur then converted a spot kick in the 63rd minute, But, but plenty to talk about there. Um, to make it 2-1. And Gary Rodriguez almost instantly responded. Or uh, retorted in uh, just five minutes afterwards. In the 68 minute uh, of, of a Vera Muric assist. Who was supposed to be out for five weeks. Ried van Dielman. What happened there? Um, <laughs> at 2-2. Uh, and that was the final goal. Or at least the goal that would be allowed. Because there was still a disallowed goal for offside in, in stoppage time. There also was also a disallowed goal. Uh, the first half um, before the equalizer from Serdar uh, 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 Gürler. And then, the, of course, the, the stoppage time goal from Deniz Kada also for offside. Um, and then there was one more very uh, talk noteworthy thing. Uh, red card for uh, Luis Gustavo, his first in Turkey. He got two yellow cards in the 57th and the first minute of uh, second half stoppage time. So he got sent off. Um, yeah, Burak, gonna throw to you. Let's start with uh, the Serdar Aziz high boot. Should he have at least had a card? Umut felt it might have been a red. I thought it was okay at yellow, but he didn't even get booked. Um, then let's talk a little bit about what you, your all around thoughts were of the first half performance, second half performance, the penalty, the retake, uh, all of that. Get it out of your system.
1: Ah well, I think is should have definitely been booked um, for that. It was dangerous play, constitutes dangerous play. But the eye was on a ball all the way. Uh, intention wants to play the ball. The um, ghost of a player just got his um, head in, you know, and maybe a little bit quicker. So it wasn't full contact with the face, but you know, under the the rules, Thank which you. are which are part of the law, mm. and I'm a man of the law. Sardarazis should have been booked and then it would have been a lot harder for him to play the rest of the game with a yellow card. Mm-hmm.
0: But a yellow so, at, at, at most, right? I mean, a red card. I, I When Umut said that he should have, he said something along the lines of oh, the guy that should have gotten sent off scored, but I really didn't think that was a red card offense.
2: You've, seen, you've definitely seen players sent off for that kind of thing, though, in, in recent times. I mean, yeah, it, was, seen, a, it was an un- them, uncontrolled, but then, but then, mm? uncontrolled movement of the foot We're in a dangerous position. I don't know if it's
0: uncontrolled.
2: Um, it wasn't like completely off, off balance, yeah. falling backwards. It's not like the It
1: Would have been kick.
2: unjustified. No, it's not. But it's still in the red card territory.
1: Maybe it's because he did it to Cameron Jerome. He was deemed worthy of not being booked at all.
2: <laughs> 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 I mean, I remember
0: uh, a red card that Ryan Babel got when he was playing for us against against Cherbury, I think. And those are those types of cards that you're like. Uh, yeah, you can give a red, but it's. I really, I, I think if you this a red here would have been really harsh. I mean, of course, yeah, you could, you could see it, but I think reds. We discuss potential red cards every week, and we see stuff happen that's so blatant sometimes, where you're like, how did that not get a red card? And then if something like this would get a red card, I'm like, yeah, how is that? I mean see so many worse things and I, I, yeah
2: that shouldn't that He's shouldn't be an excuse but i think a
0: yellow like, would be fine it's wrong.
2: yeah puts it under the yeah. spotlight a
0: little bit yeah. more puts it under the spotlight definitely <laughs> uh, and also i mean i think he would have like burak says it would have made his match a lot more difficult he did does take a yellow card later in the match and uh yeah anyway um the big controversy of course from this match uh I'm not talking about well, the Sela Gugler goal was offside. That was clear. Uh, the line was shown. It was very close, but it was offside. Uh, also, correct. Deniz, yep. Yeah, the Dennis Kada goal. I I think that was close too, but that looked. I think that was offside too, right? I mean, that was was, called offside, but he was offside, right? Yeah, he
1: was offside when the free kick was taken, so correct all again.
0: Okay, but the big talking point, uh, not so much because of this week, I think, but mainly because of last week. Um, The penalty. Uh, First and foremost, the referee had to go to VAR for Luis Gustavo's fall. I think he got his first yellow card there uh, in the 57th minute. Took a while for the decision and all that. Uh, No, actually... Yeah, it took a little bit of a while, but anyway. Uh, penalty taken, then Alpassan Osturk steps up, uh, saved by Altai. Uh, Altai uh, throws it straight away, I think. Uh, Max Kuse plays in Gary Rodriguez, and he l- lifts it over the goalkeeper. 1-2, to Fenerbahce, uh, of course, in an utter ecstasy. And then there goes the whistle. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. I, I've got something in my ear here. Referee goes to VAR, checks the penalty sees Altai. I think it was almost two meters off his line before the ball was even struck. Penalty order to be retaken, not 1-2, but 2-1. Of course, Fenerbahce's players feel, um, yeah, how would you feel? Uh, whether it's right or wrong, I think we can all agree this was definitely the right decision, but for those players on the pitch, that doesn't feel like that. It feels like injustice. And I think that it also like, kind of lit a fire under them. Uh, that's why that equalizer qu- came so quickly. But the big talking point here after the match, I think, was where Fenerbahce players, uh, Altai also, like, look at uh, our last week, we had a similar position, Emre's penalty, Farnal was off his line too quickly, and blah, blah, blah. So that's the big thing here. And I think, Burak, you're going to have a little bit of a plea for consistency right now.
1: Oh, that's all that's we want. I mean, it was a correct decision to give the penalty because Gustavo clearly steps on his foot and that is a penalty under the, the law because, you know, I'm a man of the law. God, I've said that a lot this this episode. But it's it's true. So uh, no objection to the referee going you know, to VAR to check that, given the penalty. And then up steps, was it Alpaslan? Um, yeah. yeah, twice. So, Yep, RP steps, Pussy. and obviously we're watching the game real time. So, and all we see is a save mm-hmm. being made, the ball being thrown out, and us scoring straight from the the ball into play from Altai. So, complete ecstasy. And then, so I'm watching it at home. I'm like, what's happening? In the group going AMK, AMK, goal, 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 <laughs> and then um, I was a little was-
0: bit behind. I'm like, is he celebrating? <laughs> Best goal, because <laughs> I but on my screen he was <laughs> yeah. still stepping up. I'm like, what? What's wrong here? What's? It, why is he going uh, crazy?
1: So everyone's on delays. No one knows what's happening, and then it gets pulled back for VAR, and you can see that before Alpaslan strikes the ball, Altai is a good, you know, was it three, four yards off his line? He like mm-hmm. he flies off well before the ball is struck, and under the rules, that's whether it's a. I think either a miss or a goal—that's a retake, and the goalkeeper should be cautioned.
0: Well, if I'm honest, if if I think if it's as extreme as this, and the player misses because he got put off by the goalkeeper, then a retake is understandable. But I honestly, I think if if the, the goalkeeper's a little bit off his line, like last week, for example, and then the player misses, and yeah, then I would take a retake would be really. Unjustified, kind of like when players run into the box too quickly but have absolutely no involvement with uh, a penalty being saved or something. You know what I mean?
1: Well, this is the thing. If I if I stab you with a two inch knife instead of a five inch knife,
0: should yeah, my the, vital organs will probably sh- not get there?
1: Should, should, the, <laughs> should the punishment be less because I've used a, a shorter knife? Um, I know it's it's an extreme example. Or if I hmm. if I shoot you dead. With two shots instead of one shot Should I get a lesser punishment Because I've shot you with one shot It's The law is there It's, it's clearly like stated To say if the outcome Of a penalty kick is no goal And there's an offence by the goalkeeper Then the penalty Is retaken and there's a caution For the goalkeeper So whether Farnall is like One or two yards off his line Before Emre strikes it yeah, but he s-
0: saves it, eh? so that's different in my opinion. I think if if Emra would put that wide, uh, there's real Farnall is not his infraction isn't gross enough to justify a retake. If Emra we were to put it wide, I'm not saying that this should not have been retaken. Yeah. Uh, absolutely should get retaken. It's nowhere near as 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 gross as as uh, as the. Uh, or blatant, rather than than, than Altai's uh, storming off his line. But both are off their line too quickly. Both save the penalty, so both penalties should be retaken.
1: Yeah, and and both goalkeepers should be cautioned because that is what EFAB state. Now I can't remember if Altai was cautioned I don't think so. or not. I don't. I don't think he was, but he should have got a yellow card. And obviously. I have no issue with the penalty being retaken because he, he it was against the rules. Mm. But the penalty last week was against the rules. And it shouldn't matter whether if it's by not as blatant, because then you're saying, well, actually, you know, your version of being off your line isn't, you know, as bad as Altai being off his line. But then we were discussing it, and he said, "Well, actually, if you want to put everything on on such a microscope,
0: yeah, yeah. it's,
1: it's going to make football really." Un- I think you have to
0: draw the line somewhere. Um, I think there's Farnall is kind of on that edge. I think if you disallow that, uh, have to order a retake there. That's that's still acceptable. But I think you have ex- you're gonna ha- eventually gonna get examples of a goalkeeper being like one or two inches, and then you're really. That's going too far, I think. You, you know, if, I mean, yeah, you so still, you still have to give, you still have to look at, you still have to give the goalkeeper a fair chance to react as well. And I think there needs to be a little bit of leeway. But if you're like, you know, like like Farnall, I think he was like thirty, forty centimeters off his line by the time the ball is struck. That's probably a little bit too much leeway. You know what I mean? Yeah, so
1: you you know, you've got a freeze frame of just as Emres foot is coming back so just before he hits the ball, mm-hmm. you can see both his feet are off the line and yeah. you know, that is against the law. That but then means... again,
0: that's also why the law states you have to have one foot on the line to to give that goalkeeper the chance to react. So Yeah, it's Exactly,
1: yeah. and yeah. his foot yeah. wasn't on the line.
0: Yeah, no it
3: wasn't. You're
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But if we look at the game overall, I mean we, we started okay, we should have been in front. You know, Max Cruiser obviously has yeah. done he's something to his hair, yet he the header, he should have put that away. Whether it's a bit of he's lacking match form or the peroxide has kind of burnt his scalp Isn't so he, he can't
0: naturally blonde.
1: <laughs> yeah, he just went like uber blonde oh,
0: okay. a little
1: bit. So he just took it to like the next level conquer. Um the mm-hmm. the Opening goal from Andre Castro, it was... I don't know if the highlights show this, but leading up to the position, yeah. it is Altai's failure, again, to catch the ball. That leads to it going to a throw-in. And the throwing coming in from Gostepe and Castro just hitting one of those, you know, what, what I'll say, scuffed, but Altai scrambles. I'm not sure if it's because he saw it late, and that's yeah. why he didn't actually dive. But he just kind of snuck in, you know, hit the post and, and went in. And then we had a... A bit of a bitty first half really until we got the Sardarazis goal just before half time and that kind of lifted our spirits and then...
0: Definitely against the run of play at that point.
1: Yeah, because they were playing much better than, than we were and then we had the penalty instant where we had the retake, our disallowed goal our post mm-hmm. scoring but then five minutes later we get the, the equaliser. Some people thought that Avedut uh, was offside when he got the ball and headed it down for Gary. It took but a
0: while for them to... Uh, four yeah. minutes
1: and, like, yeah. bloody hell, guys. So you they, can, get to, uh,
0: to <laughs> they had time to to Photoshop that.
1: They time to make a but cup it, of it really tea.
0: But it really shouldn't take that long.
1: Yeah, so that was clearly Vedat was on side when he headed the ball down and Gary was behind the ball when he received it from Vedat. From and then story of our season, on hits the post with a headed chance late on in the game. The guy we're crying Outside out for... Outside of
0: the post, I think. So
1: Yeah, again, it's another like attempt off the woodwork that could have yeah. made it 3-2. Like, we seem to like... I think the players have a competition in the dressing room who can hit the woodwork the most. Um, <laughs> and we... You know, I think we are the team with the most shots against the woodwork. If someone could find a stat on that, that would be great. Um and then the guy we've been screaming out for us, Fenner Fans, Faraday comes on, but he comes on, you know, eighty second minute in a really high tempo game. He comes on for Dennis Tillich, who's done fuck all game as well. Had a um, really
0: good chance in the first half, I think. Uh, goes around to keeper, puts it wide.
1: Yeah, should've should've done better and you know that you know if you want to start in the first 11, each time, then is that's the kind of chance you need to put away, and you need to have, you need to be more involved. You need to dribble past more players. You need to get more crosses into the box, um, and I felt sorry for Faraday because he's coming on in a really highly charged game where the players are quite pent up, frustration is running high, and he didn't have a chance really to put his his stamp on. He's not had much first-team football for Fenerbahce. He's played for the Dutch under-21s, so he has played competitive football, but in the you can't recreate the atmosphere of being two-two you know, in Gerstepper, having had you know the, the the penalty instant, which is probably still running through the players' minds, even though it was the correct decision for the ref to give, and he just didn't get his mark on the game, unfortunately. And then you've got the Luis Gustavo second yellow card, which I thought was quite harsh, but I can understand yeah. why the ref gave it because you can clearly see he he slides Giftable in. First. Yes, the ball first. You can see the ball's trajectory change, goes from a different direction. But I think it's the it's the follow through where he takes the player's legs, and the player goes down, um, as you know, they do in like they've been hit by like a sniper sort of thing. And eventually, his time was going to come. <laughs> he got the red card, and then in the like. All of the other time, it was all Gustepe. They just were like peppering us completely. I yep. can't remember us coming us coming out of our own half for for much. And no, it was
0: really Gustepe who wanted to win more. I felt like
1: yeah. And then it's um the Dennis Cudder header. Um, I was watching it and the goal goes in and my just head just drops, thinking, "Here we go again." Mm-hmm. But then you know you've can see it was called back for being offside which then as well so it's a huge let off for us and i don't know it's um you've had two away games in tough, in a row. Tough
0: schedule yep. two away games in in a unfortunate period where you lose your 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 main your main goal threat so in Vedat he did come back here as a sub and he immediately impacted but you know uh, 100% Vedat in these games would have uh, made a, made a difference no doubt
1: yeah, he would have um, caused a nuisance, held the ball up, you know, used his muscle to make it difficult for um, Gerstepper and and their defenders, and brought other people into the game. But I think that with the wingers we have, are even though Gary scored today, and, I thought he was
0: really good actually in this match. And, and I just especially think second half.
1: Yeah, so he he stepped up, but I'd like to see him be more more consistent. Now I'm not sure if he plays better when certain players are on the team because he can pick up the tempo more and not have to go backwards or sideways. I think uh, Vedat helps with the fact that he can mm-hmm. grab the ball, hold it up, and then they play onto him. Um, but I was disappointed with, with Dennis today. I think Hasnali got injured in the warm-up, unfortunately. So yeah. we had to change our midfield. So we had to shuffle Ozan to to right-back, um, Dirac put, left. put, put it to left-back and a... I think, you know, Sardar Aziz again proved why he's been such a good signing for us um, yeah. since last season. And if he can stay fit, um, I think he's forged a decent partnership with, with Zanka. Um, but defense does still worry me, but I think as long as we can keep Sardar Aziz fit, who knows? There's talk of Jerome Boateng in the January transfer window, and I'm like, mm, okay, don't really believe that. But if we can keep Sardar fit, I think we've got a good chance of challenging for the the, the championship. Um, but again, it's whether we can keep the Bionic Man fit because he does get injured a lot, and he's in the the latter years of his career. Then I just thought he had a good game, came up with a really important goal for us. Again, Max Cruiser, I, I do love him, but I just think he he needs to just get a goal. You know, get off. This yep. like this voodoo like throw it off, and I think then we can see him um, performing a little bit more. Um,
0: well, we got the test derby coming up,
1: so You know, let's wait and see what happens. <laughs> That's where he might decide to start scoring uh, uh, in that game. And what can what can I say? It's just another the kind of disappointing performance for me. You know, attacking not as fast as I would like, but. I think the main topic is, Lynn, let's just see some consistency in the decisions. Um, it's not that we feel hard done by in this game because the decisions were correct. Um, I would maybe just I think the players contest.
0: definitely did, but of course, you know, uh, post-match emotions.
1: So. Post-match emotions, adrenaline, you end up saying really stupid things. Hmm. Um, the only Plus, thing I would contest hmm. is maybe the Lewis Gustavo send, sending off well, for me, but I think George. Uh,
0: a few times before, of course,
1: he has. So maybe it's, like it's the you know the ghost of Christmas past catching up with him. Um, one
0: one more thing I'd like to add though, like I, I know I said it in the group too, but I really think that Altai probably is the the most uh, impressive shit goalkeeper I've ever seen. <laughs> he is he's really good and he made some really big saves again. And he does it every match. He makes really big one on one saves and stuff like that, But he he's ha- it's like every match he has to have some brain farts, like one or two, every match. And he's escaped really big a couple of times already. Uh, I think he's escaped a red card twice, true to fortunate offsides in two different matches. He's escaped uh, two penalties in a similar fashion already. Um, yeah, he has he has a lot of raw talent. I like I've, I've said it before, but he... Yeah, he's a, he's more Vulcan Demirel than he is... Uh,
1: Muslera Welcome <laughs> was a great goalkeeper. He was, um, but he also
0: was stupid. <laughs> well, yeah. but but he yeah.
1: um, I think he, he he's catching worries me, and mm-hmm. he he does fumble a lot when he comes out. But hopefully, those are things that he can work on. You know, put on a little bit more muscle, get the, get into the gym. You know, maybe follow the. Gustavo workout routine because even though he looks quite slender he's you know impressively strong old Luis Gustavo so get Altai doing some you know some back squats maybe some some deadlifts and have him work on his traps as well so he can just you know be a little bit more muscular and commanding in his 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 penalty area no David De Gea, when he first moved to Manchester United, you know, great talent, great potential, but he was getting out-muscled a lot in the the Premiership. The defenders were being tough on him, so I think if Altai can get down the gym, work on his strength, that could potentially help with his catching, because he'll be a little bit more stronger and stable when he goes up. But, you know, who Mm. knows? Um, But, again, two points from two away games, not the best result, but Let's, let's keep the refereeing consistent. That's all we want. Um, but, you know, we also need to start taking our chances a, a lot more. So I hope Veda is back full time soon and we can see him and Cruz start to pick up the pace with their goal scoring.
0: Well, hopefully for you, hopefully not for me, Jakub and uh, Uzzer. Uh, let's move over to Sunday and let's start off with the main event because Uzer will have to leave us soon. Let's start off with trabzonspor Galatasaray. This match ending in a draw. Alexander Surlov had put Trabzonspor up in the 50th minute, and it looked like Trabzonspor were going to book another big victory at home. But in the 90th minute, Yuto Nagatomo decided otherwise. I believe that was his first ever goal for Galatasaray. Correct me if I'm wrong, is there? Um, so, second. Oh, second, second goal. Okay. So yep. midweek, Galtzrai in. You know, going from the hell to the heavens almost midweek, they lose uh, their well, they lose two points in the final minutes, and now in the league, they win uh, a point in the final minutes. And uh, Jakub, for you, of course, this would have been a painful uh, late late equalizer. But Ezra, let's get your thoughts on the match first because you are a little pressed for time.
2: Yeah. Well, no, you're right in, in the sense that comparing it with the, the Bruges game because the similar time that we can see that the goal against Brugge is when we scored the goal against Charles It's just that the, the, the Champions League match was a kind of a season-defining goal. Whereas I don't think Nagatomo's equalizer can, can be said about the, the same thing. I mean, I'd like that to be the case. Might be a turning
0: point. I mean, losing this it, match would have ah, been big for you.
2: Mm-hmm. I know, and, and to be honest, for a lot of the fallout in the press, and and in fact, even going by what Terim said after the match, he alluded to the fact that the second half performance and that particularly the goal would be the turning point for us. And I just don't see that. I just don't. I'm not convinced by that that line of thought because we didn't play well enough again to have want to be warranted winning this game. First of all. Um, we just had a kind of maybe a half an hour, maybe 40 minute spell where we were, where we re- control. Um, I don't believe that we'll be able to carry this form um, into the games coming up. Also, because of the fact that we have so many injuries, it's quite, it's kind of becoming unclear who's going to be playing and then who's going to be playing which position these days. Uh, defensively, we've lost Lyon Diamond for the rest of the season, which is like a sledgehammer blow for our defense. We've lost. Fuck out and Andoni up front. Who knows when they'll be back? Um, midfield lacks dynamism even when it's f- fully fit. So for Turin to, to say that, that this is a turning point for our season, I still I'm struggling to see what he's basing that on. Had it not been for Nagatomo's 90th minute goal, there would be nothing nothing for him to talk about. Nothing, no positives to take away at all. Um, and then I'm looking for inspiration. I'm, I'm looking for inspiration from guys on the bench as well. Someone like Emre Moore, who at the start of the season, I um, was really hoping that he would get a lot more starting time. But um, he's just not using his time and his, his minutes wisely and effectively. He's becoming very wasteful, And a bit like what Burak said about Max Cruiser, I think he just needs a goal. Maybe it's the goal that he's lacking that will, that will bring him to life. He seems a bit under pressure to perform. He's taking on far too many risks. Trying to try and take on far too many players and then losing possession. Maybe he's trying to prove too much about his abilities. If he just scored a goal, he'd maybe sit back and relax a little bit, contribute more to the midfield play. So I think until he gets that, um, he's going to continue being to being super wasteful. Um, I thought um, I thought Adam played uh, played played his past part well again um, against Trabzon. Actually, he, when Nagatama scored a goal. You can yeah. see that he was kind of almost in an identical position on the pitch in front of the in front of the box that he was when he scored against Brugger. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe he's he's lightning gonna strike twice and then he kind of tips the ball back and Nagatomer slots it in. So I think it was an okay second half performance from, from Jim Bomb, but can't say too much more than that.
0: Yeah, I mean given the limitations Galt's right has for sure, uh Really good in the first half, I thought. Um, Godzroy had a couple of dangerous moments on the break, but Traumstenspor had the match under control. Didn't have a lot of really big opportunities, but had a couple uh, of of good attacks. And I really felt like up until they scored that they had the match well in their hands. It was inevitable that they were going to find that goal. And then Jakub, once they did find that goal, it kind of felt like they were like, "Okay, we got the goal. Now we're gonna invite the pressure, and we're gonna try and hit them on the break." And it happened a couple, almost happened a couple of times.
3: I mean, uh, I have said it a couple of times. I said it with the Rize game that generally troubles for when they go down or when they go up. um, They seem to get a lot. They seem to get complacent, you know, and. one of the things that I really liked about you know this year is that it seemed like team even though um, we were playing a game that we were losing or winning the team still tried their best you know but you could see at the you you could see as you said after the goal that it's it, it looked like um, team thought that did that they were like three or four nil up and they were just like you know mm-hmm. we got this and let them let them let them come you know and you can see I think that. Um, Especially the midfield of Karsay just flipped the switch at the moment, and they just barraged us. They were going a lot to it Bayram, and they kept trying and trying and trying. And I, I just sensed that it was coming. So uh, I, already, I also told in the group chat that um, that Karsay was going to score, and it it happened.
0: Yeah, and I, I said no, they missed our window.
3: Yeah, I, and, I
0: I genuinely felt that way because yeah, they had a really good spell after the Trabzon goal, but they f- had faded at that point.
3: I mean, the reason why I think the goal happened was that um, Trobson Sport. Look, there there are like two two ways you can go. Either you go full on attack, you know, because you're 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 up ahead, you're playing at home and before a crowd of forty thousand plus, mm-hmm. and in a big game. So either you you go ahead and keep attacking to you know. Make the make the make the score a little bit a little bit more for you, mm-hmm. or you just you know what uh, what what Roblesport did against Galatasaray last year, you just waste your time. You know you you kept you keep possession of the ball, you you know you know you walk slowly and methodical you know up the pitch, but they didn't do either of those. You know, and so um, they tried to go forward. Uh, the Galatasaray defense wasn't the best in the second half. Um, Turlock got through a lot, missed a lot. Um, I don't think that a lot of those missed positions were his fault, but more... Muslera. Yeah, Muslera and a little bit of the defense. And Zolzi had like one sprint, I think. Mm-hmm. It was like 30 meters. I didn't even think uh, he had yeah. the legs for it, to be honest. I
0: um, was the one with the the block right at the f- final moment when Zolot shot uh, on that one uh, chance and then after the
3: goal. Okay. If that's
0: the one you're referring to.
3: Yeah, I'm uh, just confusing the two. Um, but, you know, did did... I think the score um I think the result of this game is pretty much all down to um down to Inal Karaman. Mm-hmm. I still think his um, his substitutions are really wonky. I know that we don't really have a big midfield at the moment or a big uh, big yeah, a big midfield because everyone is uh, everyone is injured. But you know playing Hosseini at the midfield was I don't get it. Uh, I I remember him doing it a couple of weeks ago and it turned out great. But if you have a Defensive player playing against, you know, Lemina, Figuli, and Zonzi, it, it isn't his right position, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought, um, you you know that uh, Hussein is one of my favorite players. He's one of the, he's in my eyes one of the best defenders in the league, and he should have played in defense. Um, even though Hussein played a good game, uh, Campy was a little bit. It could have been a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You can see, it's it, decent. Yeah, if you if you look at, if you look at the stats, pretty much all stats uh Galtrey is leading. They they lead in possession, pass success, dribbles, you know, corners, dispossessions, everything. And I think that happens a lot because, you know, Husseini isn't a midfielder, so the midfielding passing lanes were just blocked. You know, we had Tosa going everywhere, Mikel going everywhere. Why not just play with uh, with Erdogan, Doan Erdogan? He do we m- still
0: have uh Uzzer on? Sorry to interrupt you, but Uzar do we, are you still on?
3: Um,
2: I'm still here. I'm still here, and I'm actually okay. thinking. Um, it, it's it's funny listening to 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 the analysis from Yafa because it reminds me of the kind of things uh, um, that I was thinking after the the Bruges Champions League game, going one 0 up, mm-hmm. and then kind of not not reacting properly to to, to to taking the lead, and then making wrong substitutions, and then giving the momentum away, etc. etc. It's kind of like a carbon copy of what happened to us.
0: Uh, sorry to interrupt you, by the way, Yakub. but I, I did want to get to one more thing. There's one big talking point that we haven't spoken about, and that's the, the Omar Bayram slap uh, that Twitter, <laughs> Twitter has gone crazy about. All my friends, uh, everyone I know pretty much said, "How oh, is that not a red card? And I was looking at it live, and I, I looked at it again in a replay, I'm like, that's not a red card. He's not really doing anything. I mean, it's not like he's hitting the guy or anything. So, but everyone seems to feel that that should have been a red card. Uh, so I just want to throw it to to both of you uh, your feelings on. And Burak, man of the law, will come in at the last minute, of course. But as first, what did you think of the the Ömer Bayram's quote unquote slap? Does it warrant a red card, or was, or was yellow justified?
2: Yeah, I think it, a slap. It's really hard to um, describe unless you've unless you've seen it from. Uh, many yeah, I, I wouldn't I would call it a slap all, but... all the, yeah I would encourage everybody to, to actually watch it a few times from pretty different angles to mm-hmm. beforehand it's not quite a slap it's kind of so he, he brings his arm and his hand in the motion of a slap but then it's, kind of it's like go stops away before he hits his face and then pushes pushes the mm-hmm. side of his cheek yeah. and then kind of follows through in, in a kind of gentle kind of playground scrap kind of way rather than a, a malicious smack um mm-hmm. So That's a red card it, would have been harsh, and 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 I think that you could see from the way that the two players kind of duelled against each other for the rest of the game that there was a certain degree of uh, uh, understanding between them. There were there were a few rough tackles here and there, but it never developed. It never spilled over into anything violent or malicious between either of them. So I think to have to have given a red card to a man after that would have been really harsh. But he but he at the same time free you know, really to take things differently and. If you, had you been standing from the other side, uh, a referee might have seen it as uh, a hit or a smack rather than a gentle, gentle slap. So, it's the kind of thing you just should do on a football pitch.
0: Yeah, Jakub, what did you think? Was it a, a gentle uh, push or whatever, or was it a slap, or was it something in between, or what did you think?
3: Yeah, I think it was something in between. Um, I. I agree with, uh, with Ozer, you know, it, it, it wasn't really a thing where you could have si- said, like, that was a malicious thing. It was just the heat of the moment. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I like Pereira. I know that Umut isn't the biggest fan of him. And I think that, uh, you know, the way Pereira plays and his, his, his demeanor on the field, I think that also, you know, influenced, uh, the referee a bit, you know, um, he is really theatrical, and he does stuff like this a lot. So I think that even, even though it could be classified as a slap, um, I think that um, I think that was if it was some, if it was somebody else on our on our team that the referee might have given a red, but he he wasn't too sure, so he thought that you know just give him a yellow, and uh, we'll be we'll be fine with it. Um, it, it, it's a hard decision, you know. I know, uh, you know. The, I know that, like hits like this, or sometimes when uh, two players get angry with each other and they are like head to head, and some of them, one of them, like moves their head like one centimeter, the other one goes down, and the player gets a red. <laughs> yes, I, I can
0: think of a of a very specific situation uh, immediately.
3: Which one?
0: Van and Tosic. Oh,
3: yeah. You know, I, I I hate positions like that. You know, and what yeah. what if it was a really fallout, you know, fight and and, and he did this, I would say, okay, give him a yeah. red, but I, I don't think that was... I, I'm happy with the yellow. I would be more happy with the red, but I don't think that would be the
0: right <laughs> position. You take the red, of course. But yeah, of I mean, course. It, I, the way I want to look at it, the way, the way I look at these types of situations, how would I feel if that was my player getting sent off for that exact same thing? And, and then I'm like, yeah, that would be effed f- up, because... In, in Dutch, we have a saying for what Pereira did there, that's maat en and to me, that's more of a, yeah, that's more of a problem in football than brushing someone a little bit. I, I don't think it was gentle, necessarily, but it definitely wasn't malicious, it, it, there was no uh, danger of hurting Pereira, the, the, yeah, anyway, man of the law, your verdict.
1: My verdict is Um Did not use excessive force or brutality It was a very playful tap on the neck Um Pereira Went down like an absolute sack of shit And I would be embarrassed Looking at that He should look at that Today Tomorrow And think My god that was embarrassing what I did because <laughs> there was there was no there was no brother, force brother. at all <laughs> used by Omar Baidam and I, I think yellow is correct because it, it's you know a hand to the face mm-hmm. I don't know what the actual you know criteria is but for ascending off it needs to be you know excessive force of brutality and there was none of that at all there by Omar Baidam commentators often say you, know, you can't raise your hand to the face that's a, that's an immediate red card but sure. you can see there that
0: which it's done
1: a yeah Pereira was just being a little bitch and uh, like Byron was like you know you know That's... you know get out I, of it yeah. sunshine so
0: I feel too I, I, in my opinion if a player gets caught of, of doing that of, of, of fainting so you know going down to try and fuck over a rival player to get uh, them sent off like that to me that should be retroactively punished with uh, one or two match suspension
3: um, says the guy with Burak on his team. No, I mean it. I, it's. The same. No,
0: no, I I mean it. If that happens, plus I, I can't remember Burak doing that in a Beşiktaş shirt, so uh, I don't care really. Uh, what you say? Uh, but no, but it's the same thing with penalties. By the way, of course now there's VAR, uh, but if a player would like dive and it after the match it looks it's very clear and obvious that it's a simulation and he did get the penalty. Of course now in the VAR era that's all different, but I think those players should also be re- retroactively um, suspended. I think if you do that, you remove these types of file things from football. Of course, there's still going to be some idiots who, who, who try, but it'll be a lot less. And I, I really think that this should be the, one of those situations. I alluded to that position with, with Tosic and Van Persie earlier. I do think, however, if you're making even... If there's no contact, but you're making like a headbutting motion, even if there's no contact, there's no excuse. You have to be sent off. But, but, if there's no contact, the guy who goes down and acts like he's sh- shot by a shotgun should also get punished. That's my opinion uh, on this matter. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't think that will happen anytime soon. I don't think FIFA or UEFA care enough about it to do that. But I think we can all agree that. A yellow here for Omar sufficed, and maybe even that was a little bit much because I even think it was he who got fault initially in the first place, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah. Mm. Let's agree to disagree. Let's <laughs> put it like that.
0: Anyway, uh, sorry to interrupt you before uh, Jakub. Any more thoughts on the match? Um,
3: um, yeah, like like the like the standard things that probably. Um, Everyone kind of agrees with. Um, unfortunate game for Sirlot, You know, I really like him as a player. Um, but um, to fault him for not scoring more, I think that's a little bit ridiculous. Uh, some of them, some of the chances that Trabzospor had, you know, the one with Wakaeme, like uh, with an empty net and this and oh, that.
0: Wakanda, as Umut yeah. calls him.
3: You know, those, those kind of positions, those are the ones that sting when you when you look mm-hmm. back at this game. But the position with Serlot, you know, uh, he did his best. He did pretty much everything right. And um, he just uh, shot at a brick wall, you know. So, the only uh,
0: one you can really fault him for, I think, is the one in the first half where I think it's Yusuf. Yeah, crosses
3: it it in. yeah he crosses the ball and he just misses it or doesn't yeah. want to extend and-
0: yeah, he doesn't leave his feet. I think if he goes in there diving with his feet, then he always puts that away, and it's a one hundred percent goal. But that's then that that would be a one nil, and we see the reaction of 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 Trabzelspor when when they go up a goal. So I don't really think that would have changed the match if he would have put that one away. And I, then I, if you look, yeah, go ahead, sorry.
3: Yeah, I do think that would change because you know uh, that if if the goal went in, there was in his first half, mm. and you know you could put. In the first half, you can always put pressure because everyone has fresh legs and uh, possibly. You know, you but
0: can... you score really early in the second half, the 50th minute. So and it, immediately the handbrake goes on. So I really think that's a tactical thing rather than not mm. having fresh legs.
3: Yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Could be wrong, of course. But
0: <laughs> I, I, I under Slaven Bilic, Beşiktaş did that a lot too. And I think it's just a little bit of a of a maybe not necessarily tactical, but something that isn't really I think certain coaches, like a Fatih Terim, for example, for all his faults, he does very much instill I think in his players to at least for after after you score that first goal to at least for the next 10 or 15 minutes try and find that second goal and I think that's something that trouble should have probably done here for at least 10 more minutes or so they should have retained control and kept pressing for that second goal and then uh, as the match goes on it's normal that you invite a little bit more pressure maybe try and hit them on the break a little bit and it's normal that Galcerai is going to try and, 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 and take take control of the match but I think you can give them more of a fight uh the first 10 or 15 minutes after that goal and and if I think if you demoralize them in the first couple of minutes then it's also going to be harder for them to fight their way back in but if you immediately put on the handbrake and invite in the pressure then you're just going to yeah give them hope you know
3: I mean I I just can't understand you know um there was like a stats of uh, of uh, in Karaman that he didn't lose like that. Like from the last five derby games, he only mm-hmm. lost uh, one of them. So you know yeah,
0: but that's those types of things can be really misleading. I no, no, like. I get that.
3: I get it. But if, uh, you know, in my opinion, the, the 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 derby games that are played with Trabzon Sport doesn't matter if they are Trabzon or Istanbul, are the most fun because because um you know Karman normally just let the team lets the team play, and it just go he doesn't go for he doesn't settle you know that's what i liked every time we had a derby game but i don't mm-hmm. know why this game i don't know it it, it really it really seemed like that uh, the title race is getting kind of like a little bit on his nerves you know he, he tried a couple of things and it didn't work out and you know maybe he he i know i remember that after the europa league game that some of the fans were a little bit angry at him but I don't think you can fault him for the Europa League campaign. He tried, it be- he tried his best, and you know, we let let's, let me, let me put it this way. I think we played more like we did in the Europa League than that we normally do in the Turkish League. Yeah, if yeah, that I, makes I, any sense.
0: I think that yeah, no, that uh, actually, <laughs> it's funny because I thought that when I was watching. Um, yeah. I don't. I Do you think he, it's getting to him already? It's a little early for that, I would say. Especially also, I think with the rivals dropping plenty of points, I don't really think that nerves should really be an issue already.
3: No, I, I don't think it's getting to him. But I, I think that um, right now with all the injuries and the returning guys, I think he's 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 trying to in- implement some of the guys into the team, mm-hmm. and I think that's having a little bit of a uh, of a of a um, how do I say this? I think that doesn't really work in his favor, you know. Um, he put he put Ecuban in the game. I really love the guy, and I that w- you can kind of think that that was like him going for more attacking play, but I don't think that was a smart decision, you know. Yeah, maybe um, should
0: have waited with uh, that. as his first yeah. match back,
3: and um, you know, like the small tactical errors. It's some. It seems like I praise him for. Through two or three weeks and then he regresses for a game and then he he goes back to being good and then i don't know i don't know why the why the consistency isn't isn't good with him he i have been saying from like the start of the season that the biggest um complaint complaint i have of him is is the way he subs players in He, he either waits too long or just you know there's always something wrong and I don't think you know I, I don't think you can be too harsh on them the team is doing well with all the injuries and um, with a couple of players that we can get in the winter break it will it will only get better I don't know I don't know I don't know if it if it was a little bit uh, being scared of uh, you know golf strife for whatever reason I, I you know I really can't just put it in, into words.
0: Okay, Uzzer, uh, I think uh, is he is he still with us? Or? No, he's gone. He's dropped off. Okay, uh, so no final thoughts then. There, um, yeah. Uh, just quickly thinking uh, if there's anything else left to talk about in this match. Uh, I don't really think so. Um,
1: yeah, there
3: was like the the Emrah the Emre position where yes. he thought it was a it was a penalty. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know. Oh honestly God, me, yeah.
3: It, it uh, doesn't yeah. look like a penalty. I didn't it think it looked like a penalty when I saw pen, it live. And never the, a penalty you know, and, for me. Yeah, in the replay also doesn't look like a penalty.
0: It's funny how after the match he's like, it's 100% penalty on me, but come on. Man of the law, please.
1: Absolutely not. He just needs to get the fuck up. He's been shit ever since he's signed. He's done nothing of any worth at all. And I continue to stand by my statement that he is going to be a pure waste by the end of the season. Um he's sold his soul to Instagram, probably TikTok now as well. I'm and he just to Justin Bieber. In, in even though like, you know, the, the classic Turkish version of it's probably like, you know, um Jemal Bibet instead of Justin Bieber. Um I just I just think he's he's a lost cause even though he's what, twenty what, 22, 23? 21,
0: 22? Yeah.
1: yeah, he's, he's just—he's he's a—he's a talent that we've lost.
2: Twenty-two. Yeah. So.
0: yeah. Um, although, yeah. I mean, um, I never think, a penalty,
1: by the way. Never a penalty. Yeah,
0: agree. But I think what Uzer said earlier, maybe that, that applies here—that he's just putting a lot of pressure on himself and trying to get that. You know, I think winning a penalty for your team uh, or, or scoring a goal, getting a, a crucial assist—it's all a little bit the same. Maybe Uzer has a point. He needs to get that confidence uh, boosting whether it's a goal, assist, winning a penalty in, in an important match that could maybe I mean you can see that there's something there but the the question is what, what if he gets that 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 whatever it is that that the goal or whatever i could see it giving him a boost and it, it, it improving his his uh, performance but I don't think he's the type of player that can consistently then build on that and c- keep that up. He just doesn't seem like that type to me. I just think he'll get distracted by one thing or another, um, you know. Instagram. Yeah.
3: I mean, I just I just don't think he's a good player, you know. He's, um, he's, he's skillful,
0: guy... he's quick, you know. Yeah, he's, he, he, yeah, he's like Yusuf Sada.
3: It. And mm. I'm, you know that I'm not the biggest fan of his. Yusuf he's like a good cross. He's like a bad Yusuf Sada, you know. I yeah. I think that um, he shouldn't have left Dortmund. You know, he should have kept playing there. But I think it it wasn't really his decision if he leaves or not. I don't know. I thought I think that he just got the money and he just bounced. You know, he the, the, his his head went crazy. Is uh, the fame got to him? The money got to him? And he he's he's just not a good player. It's it's a player that he's really one dimensional. He you depend on him on his uh, you know on his speed and on his dribbling, mm-hmm. but when yeah, you he, just...
0: he doesn't have a shot, he doesn't have a, no. an, an exceptional shot. He doesn't have an exceptional cross. He he doesn't have that v- v- reading of the game. He cannot I mean, he. That's the thing with, you know, he was he's a he's a very flashy player because of his speed. Well, the speed is I think a little bit overrated too, anyway. But he is he's fast and he's really skilled. He's agile the ball and agile, but. I think a good winger needs to be either a, a serious goal threat or someone who can set someone else up for a goal. But he's neither of those, at least not at the moment. And I just don't see that. I, I don't see either of that in him, quite frankly.
3: Yeah, you know, um, I do wanted to say that him and Cruz uh, seem to be, you know, the 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 shiny haired boys. So maybe maybe learn a little bit more of him. You no, know? but Cruz, at least I mean, Cruz. I'm I'm not having that. I'm no, not he, having I, him But yeah. I, I like Cruz. I like Cruz. I think good. That's, good. He's, a, he's having a couple of bad games the last couple of games, but I think he's a good player. Well, he's
0: only just come back from injury, and I think actually, I mean, he he did set up Gary for that goal that got uh, eventually disallowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, Cruz is one of those players that. Even when he's maybe not having the luckiest of games, he can still set someone up for a 100% scoring chance, just like that. You know, and, and, and that's definitely not more right now. Um, anyway, let's move over to the other matches on Sunday that we uh, quickly uh, skipped over to get to the main event. There, uh, Gaziantep, Denizlispor. Ending one to two in favor of the Neasley Sport and we said it last week Riza Sport and the Neasley Sport, both those types of teams that go up and down, up and down, up and down, but they do get those crucial points. In those up moments and that's again the case here as Denizispor poor snatch maybe steal a little bit a win in Gaziantep. Gaziantep take the lead here uh, in the 54th minute through Aram Raju Kayode you know the man who loves to take the, those red cards uh, he puts uh, Gaziantep 1-0 up in the 54th minute I think he also had a goal this loud in the first half but then uh, just four minutes later in the 58th minute Hadi Sako uh, equalizes for Denizli Spor kind of uh, at that point a little bit against the run of play, and then uh, close to the end, in the 85th minute, Barrow just with a fantastic solo run on the left, sets up Hadi Sako in the box, makes it 1-2, uh, and Denizli Spor snatch a win just before that, a little bit before that actually, Denizli Spor even had a goal this loud by Hugo Ovadayega set up uh, really well by uh, Oljai Shahan, I always like to uh, give him a little bit of a tap of the hat. Um, but that one got this loud. Uh, I'm not quite sure why, actually. It, it was a handball. Uh, handball uh, yeah. by, uh,
3: by, by Ojan. Yeah,
0: I, I I know it was a handball, but I didn't actually uh, see it in the replay. I was like, oh, kind of looking for it. Where, where did you actually touch it? But anyway, um, the news is the sport. Did they steal it, you feel like, Jakub? Looking at the 90 minutes?
3: Yeah, I... You know, the if, if you just look at the score, it, it doesn't reflect the game. Um, I thought that Gaziantep really deserved this game, but I don't know. I don't know. They were they were really like. Um, I, I think they were a little bit unsure. You know, they they were a little bit uh, mentally not prepared. Well, looked like they had like it, it's what seems like twenty penalty shouts where they just <laughs> hoped like just give me a penalty so we can finish this. But um, all the penalty shouts that they had, the ref correctly, you know, told them that it wasn't that it wasn't uh, a penalty. Um, yeah,
0: sometimes teams seem to feel like if we just shout uh, frequently enough, eventually <laughs> they'll point to the spot. That's how yep. I kind of felt uh, on on Thursday, by the way, with uh, the the uh, uh Slovan Bratislava match, where I really felt that Besiktas was overdoing it a little bit with the penalty shouts, even though a couple of them maybe. <laughs> I didn't really think either any of them were like Stonewall.
3: I mean, I would get it if it if they weren't playing good. You know, they, in my opinion, they played mm-hmm. a really good game. Um, they had like one goal that was disallowed because of shoving by the ref, which I didn't sure. really agree with because it mm-hmm. really looked like the like the, the sport defender. I I don't know which one it was uh, to be honest. That he really went down really easily. Mm-hmm. So I maybe that that demoralized them a little bit but you know they they were playing at home um they aren't like the the, the best team on the league table at the moment but they played really great football you know they are they are just mid table just outside yeah. of the relegation zone and um like this this was a big game for them because the is for pretty much their their next then their, their next rival, you know yeah. Yeah. yeah so they they played really well in, you know they, they I really like them but even though Denizli weren't really clinical, I thought that Denizli was really horrible. To be honest, they just scored when they had to the score, you know, mm. and um, that pretty much separates the two.
0: Yeah, three very important points for a team like Denizli Spor, um, but you know maybe uh, Gaziantep can slowly uh, join that group of uh, Denizli and Riza of teams that are way quite quite up and down this season. Can um, Scherberle maybe too? I think can have had a season of ups and downs? Um But I, I, yeah, I, I just... Right now, if I look at the table, if you'd ask me right now, I honestly think that the three worst teams in the league are at the bottom at the moment. Um, But a lot can change
3: in January, of I mean, I think that Antalya deservedly is on the bottom, like uh, yeah. like 16th. But Kaiser is for the same thing that got into the but They're playing... They, they play some great matches and then
0: early on in the season yes but i feel like they've really slipped the last couple of weeks
3: yeah that yeah uh, I, I heard a lot about uh, how uh how brilliant is isn't
0: he just, yeah, got the point yeah that,
3: that that uh, like for the last game he dropped like seven players or something so i
0: yeah, uh, made a 15 year old kid uh, the captain yeah
3: today. yeah and uh, adebayo played his last game i know that we're yeah. Uh, that we're kind of skipping skipping some uh, some games, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to say before I forgot that.
0: Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit more
3: yeah. about that in a bit. So, but, uh, yeah, all in all, um, Gonzante really deserved this, but, um, yeah. Yeah, maybe it's
0: kind of the same as Sport. Maybe they stopped playing a little bit too much after they scored, because they didn't easily respawned pretty quickly, and I, f- I felt like at the end... It, yeah, Denizli looked like the more likely team to win
3: it anyway, and, and maybe
0: just Gaziantep stopped playing a little bit too quickly.
3: It yeah, say, to be... I think it was more like they couldn't really enjoy the goal for a long time, and that just um, mm-hmm. yeah, ins- that's kind of instantly demoralized the the them. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. But But um, yeah, unfortunate, unfortunate game for Gaziantep. Uh, I'm a little, little bit of a Denizli sport fan, so good, good to see them win.
0: Let's move over to here Antalya Sport, the number two in the league table. here take on the number 16 in the league table Antalya Sport. This match ending in a pretty logical 2-0 win for here Goals here coming from Gail Clichy in the 60th minute and Daniel Alexic in the 63rd minute. So rapid-fire goals there uh, around the hour mark. Um Taliaspor got to halftime with a draw, couldn't keep it. Gail Clichy's goal broke it open and a very nice goal it was, Burak. Um, but all in all, a not super flashy win for Basakshir here, just business as usual for them, kind of.
1: Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth with the term business as usual. I don't think Basha actually were tested at all during this game, and um, they created a lot of chances, getting in behind the density defence with like, Irfan Can, Alexic and uh, Viska, are causing lots of problems. There's a, a few few times that um Alexis had a, a sh- you know some really good shots on target. He's proving a very good player. Um, I enjoy watching him play. Um, just it's a shame that he's playing for Basha actually but like you said, uh, the goal. Gael Clichy, one of the almost, I want to say, forgotten men because he, you know, sits there at left back, does his job, uh, but he, he involved in both goals today. It just a uh, hit the ball clean as a whistle um, with his left foot, you know, straight to the goal, and then I believe he ran straight to Matt for some reason. So maybe they've got like a little brotherly uh, loving. But you could see on the on the replay as well. where you see the camera angle from behind the way he strikes it with the outside of his left foot. It's just so clean. And, you know, they normally always go in, even though it goes through a bank of players. And after that, like you say, the the second goal came quite quickly from a Gail Clichy assist. So I'd be surprised if he didn't pick up the man of the match for for this game due to his involvement. But again, a lovely little assist from uh, Mr. Clichy, and it it falls to that man, um, Alexic, who finishes really well and just... Like you say, Antalya didn't trouble Varshake Shizra at all. I don't think the defence were really that worried or breaking a sweat. And it just goes to show that, what well, you know, how shit they are. Um, they'll probably get relegated if they keep playing like this. I mean, they got rid of Bilan Korokmaz, whose greatest achievement was beating out at Kaduke, where they just scored because of an individual Charlson error and then stuck 10 men behind the ball. They're just a very average team. Um, Sheju has, you know, failed to impress. Um, the only, only good <sighs> yeah. thing is that maybe this means nazim Sangare will be uh, available for transfer at the end of the season because we yeah. could definitely do a new right-back with, you know, did not get I much I think all old. of us could. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you've, you've still got Gurkhan Gurkhan, who's decent we when fit. Um, he's fit.
0: He's already getting up there in age. He's like, what, 34? For right now, going on 35, so yeah, but
1: uh, but yeah, I'll tell you, sport they, they are, they're gonna struggle. I'm uh, they're not they not are not they? I think that's reserved for someone else, but they might, they might be rock bottom. I think it's Nice Kaiser who are bottom who are also know a bunch of like shit munchers, which we'll come into in a, in a, in a bit. They um, did
0: manage to shut down Enzo Crivelli pretty effectively, though.
1: Who I'll tell you.
0: Yeah, yeah, they did actually manage to do that quite effectively. He did. He didn't really get a lot of opportunities in this match. Uh,
1: no, but you know they've they've got abundance of talent, unfortunately, don't they, but actually hit Across that front five, um, you know, Irfanjan, Elia, Viska, um, Alexic. Um, so if Kriveli be... if if Krivelli and, then... <laughs> and then they've got obviously the 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 spider. Uh Topol sitting in front of that back four who like we say weren't weren't tested at all. So routine winner for bashakshir here, they continue to play decent football and prove me wrong when I said that they would be nowhere near the top four this season. Not so, just you. I yeah. think
0: we all thought that because of course Bashakshir had a terrible start of the season. And another team who had a terrible start of the season has also resurfaced or rather has had a resurgence as the final match on match day 13 this evening uh, actually finished on Monday as we are recording, uh, Bishiktash uh, f- easily beat the number 18 in the league, Kaiserispor, 4 1 at the Vodafone Park. Goals here coming from Atiba Hutchinson in the 20th minute, Gökhan Gunul in the 30th minute, and Burak Yilmaz in the 41st and 90th minute for Bishiktash. And uh, in between those Burak Yilmaz goals, Adebayor had scored a goal in the 86th minute, which, uh, as we already have uh, spoken about a little bit before, will be his last goal for Kayseri Sport. as this he announced after the match would be his last match for Kayseri spore He may still stay in Turkey, we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens in January, but he did say that it could also possibly uh, mean that he would be leaving the country, so um, I think Bayor was a fun player, uh, definitely contributed a little bit to Turkish football, um, had a very good first six months at Başakşehir, and then a, a good second or f- first full season, but the last year or so, uh, year and a half or whatever, I think he physically has, has faded a little bit, he can still turn it up. Sometimes, you know, like the Fenner match, I think he was really good there physically. Just the old, kind of looked like the old or holding up the ball really well. And he had a decent game here too, but his team was just, you know, too, too weak to really put up a fight. Um, fifth win in six matches for Besiktas. They only uh, ma- failed to beat Ankara Guju in those six games, which uh, I think is a painful thing, really, uh if you look at the teams they've beaten in the last six games, not to be able to beat Anker Egeju, But Buak he is finally back, growing back to his best form of last season. Uh, two goals here, very involved, also assisted the first goal of Atiba. Uh, main talking point in this match, I think, will be the Gokhan Gunnel goal. Uh, Jana Erkin getting the assist there on a ball that almost uh, looked like it crossed the back line, the touchline. In fact, uh, the if you look at it from a certain angle, it did cross the touchline, but of course we, we learned that we have to look from the top and the ball has to completely... Uh, go behind the line in order for it to be awarded a goal kick and we did see in VAR that it was uh, in fact not out entirely so a correct call there to allow the goal but that was I think the biggest talking point of this match really. Uh, all in all Bishdish played a very good first half could have easily been 5-0 up at halftime. Uh, second half they played with a handbrake all I'd say a little bit but mm. uh, of course you're Train all up so you're allowed to do that not risking players for injuries I was a little surprised to see Burakil must play 90 minutes um, I don't know if either of you have anything to add to this match uh, gentleman. gentlemen gentlemen
1: um, just you know Kaiserspor absolute shit show no, there was no prim given to the players before this game. There was no visit from the mayor to G them up. There was no fans cheering like crazy for 90 minutes. There were no players playing out of their skin. Well, they
0: were away from home. So <laughs> well, that it doesn't,
1: been... doesn't, doesn't matter. There was no players running or making any effort. It just goes to show that when all of these aren't in place,
0: I they're, say that. they're
1: a bunch of absolute cunts. <laughs> and they're going to get relegated and good riddance and enjoy obscurity with no one showing up to your stadium. Um, you may have beaten us this season, which was your only, you know, thing of any interest you're going to do this season. Now you're going to fuck off back down to the lower leagues. So that's all I have to say about Kai City Sport. Good riddance.
0: The man of the law holding grudges. <laughs> Ab-
1: absolutely. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, um, Jakub, anything to add? What did you think of Besiktas? Were you impressed by Unkudu again or anything to add?
3: Um, yeah, I unfortunately wasn't able to watch the game. But yeah, the, mo- the most things that I heard about, I, I watched the general um, the position a couple of times.
1: Mm-hmm. It-,
3: it-, it does look like it went out, but as you said, um, uh, when you look at it from a top-down view, it's just clear that it really didn't really go out. Mm-hmm. I... I, I had one question though. Did uh, did did VAR show that uh, that top down view in during the match or?
0: They did show a VAR. Um, they did show a VAR image, but I, I was actually looking away at the time, so I honestly don't know if they showed the top down or just. Because uh, I I something
3: just else. I just can't understand why it was why people made such a big deal of it if the VAR you know VAR camera showed the top down view of it because
0: people see that the. Because the ball is round, obviously. They say the bottom part and that it's behind the line. So they're like, oh, it's over the line. But they... Remember a couple of years ago, Fenerbahce scored a goal like that against Bishiktesh. And uh, that was a big thing then, too. And it, I think until this day, it wasn't really clear if it was over or not. But that was also one of those cases where the, the bottom of the ball is over the line. But if you look from top down, uh, then you would see that the ball isn't entirely over the line uh i think that was pretty clear here too but yeah anyway um yeah let's uh let's just move on to uh the standings maybe uh quickly and then uh burak would you mind pulling up the schedule for next week and i'll quickly go over uh, this the, the standings here
1: sure thing boss
0: Okay, so in first place is of course still uh, Sivaspor, who again won, they're on 27 points right now. But Shakshi are in second place with 25 points, then we have Besiktas in third now with 24 points and Trabzonspor in fourth with 23 points. And then in 5th place, Alanya Spore with 22 on level points with Fenerbahce, who are also on 22 points. And then there's a 2-point po- drop-off to both Malatya Spore and Galserai. And then there's a 3-point drop-off to the Nisli Spore. Uh, whose up-and-down season still has them uh, in a very interesting position uh, in the left column. Uh, and Gustepe, is, uh, of course, too. They're also on 17 points. And uh, we also have Rizespor on 17 points, so it's kind of funny. Then Gaziantep have 16 points. against really have 14 points. And then Konya have 13 points. And Kasim Pasha have 12 points, the same amount as Antalya Spor. But a better goal differential for Kasem Pasha right now. And then finally, in the bottom two spots, we have Ankaragju on nine points and, of course, Kayserispor on seven points. Please uh, give us the schedule for next week, Buek.
1: Yeah, it starts off on Friday with Fenerbahce at home to against on the Saturday, we have Malatyaspor Sport versus Silla Sport, Ankarukuju versus Gurstepe. The evening game is Galatasaray versus Alanyaspor, which should be interesting good affair. Uh, Sunday, we start with Konya sport against Gaza Antep. Sport take on Bashak Shehirs. Antalya Sport welcome Trobson Spor and uh, the evening game is Kasem Pasha taking on Besiktas as you said we will probably see Kasem Pasha play the best game of their season there um, and it ends the following Monday with uh, Sport at home to Rizespor so no doubt Rizespor will give them an absolute battering uh, we can only but hope and, and that is, concludes the, the fixtures for, for next week and then we have two more rounds of fixtures before, no, three more rounds of fixtures before we hit the the winter break.
0: Yeah, and we also have Turkish Cup fixtures on Wednesday and Thursday. We're not going to go over those right now. Just go to www.tff.org and check out the Turkish Cup fixtures, and we'll we'll briefly discuss them perhaps in next week's episode. Uh, we also have a big announcement coming up. Probably next week, but that'll have to wait. Uh, it has to do with uh, the hosting of the podcast, and we're, we're joining. We're joining a, a big new network, but um, that's not yet official. The papers have not yet been signed. I actually uh, have been a little tardy on that. I have to uh, sign a contract and send it in, but uh, we will be joining a, a big podcasting network soon. Um, what does that mean for you, listeners? Um, there will be some uh, advertisements uh, implemented in the the. the the episodes uh but also more fun uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this next week but there will be merchandising opportunities so there if you're a big fan of football okay, there will be opportunities to buy t-shirts and stuff like that and i'm sure we'll come up with some really good man of the law designs uh, or something like that so if you're interested in that that uh going to be a uh, cool thing for the show I think. Anyway, uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Football alter I want to thank Ezra Dinjaru, of course, left us a little bit early. Jakob Marofalo, thank you, of course, and as always the man of the law, Burak Hilmas. Thank you. For, uh, Burak again, Sesgin, again. thank you. <laughs> what is wrong with you, man? <laughs> he scored twice scores today. One goal. He's on
3: my mind. What do you want me to do? Kai <laughs> scores one goal and you can't keep your mind off him.
0: Hey, hey, he's got five goals already <laughs> and he's missed half of the season. Huh? Huh? How much does that uh, king in the north of yours have? huh? Eight. Yeah, exactly. And he's played double the games. <laughs> so obviously, Bakunas <laughs> is superior to uh, the king of the north. Anyway, <laughs> guys, thank you very much. It was a fun show. And uh, we'll uh, see you again. Uh, we'll talk again next week, Monday, of course. And uh, you all will be listening again next week tuesday i hope first thing in the morning adios amigos
1: thanks for Back listening folks we'll see you next week